Get the new Donkey Kong 64 bundle with the Banana Yellow Game Pack and the new Jungle Green N64 console. It's got a Jungle Green controller and comes with the... Or see what we can say. We will walk through walls. We will take a look around us. We will not be confined. We believe in the path of least limits. We won't be told how to view the world. We will experience true freedom. We will not compromise. We will live the game through our hands. We will be in control of something. Change. 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 We will change the system. Yeah. Ferret 64 with your host, Yemi the Ferret. Hey, I just met you, and this is crazy, but welcome to Ferret 64 with me, your host, Yemi the Ferret. That is right. How is everyone doing today? Lots of huge things happened this past week, right? The Xbox Series X came out, the PS5 came out. My backlog increased by at least five games, <laughs> and my uh, time to complete said games before the end of the year has whined even smaller. That is right. But welcome, one and all, to this episode of Fair 64. We're going to be covering the news between the 7th of November and the 13th of November, which is the day that I'm recording this. Um, so we got a few things to talk about. A few game releases came out this week that I want to talk about, and we also finished a game on stream. And then we also have a good amount of, of news stories, ranging from I'm really happy to... <sighs> <laughs> But anyways, let's get started with what I've been playing this past week. And I think the <laughs> uh, I think the number one, I mean not the number one game, but I think the game that I played the most and maybe it's because I've just been sitting at my computer kind of jamming out to it while watching a football game on the side or something like that. Um, the game that I've played the most is called Fuser. It's from Harmonix. It's the same company that did the Rock Band games. I believe they do the Just Dance games, am I right? And they also did a game called, um, I don't even remember what it was called, but that's okay. Harmonix, they're the rhythm game people. Uh, as you know, Rock Band 4 is a pretty disappointing game in terms of everything that they did in the past with Rock Band. And Fuser is a, is a new game. It's a new experience, I guess you could say. Now, they did do something similar to this game called Drop Mix, which was a card-based game, and it kind of had the same, like, scenario where you would drop these cards down in certain slots, and they would play drif different tracks on, um, like, a song. I still have uh, one of my cards from the year that they were at PAX. Uh, I think that was two years ago. And uh, it's like a Transformers theme song. It has a few different ones that you can use on it. Never used it myself. The the the, uh, the game wasn't like a Steam release or a PS4 release. It actually had like it was like its own console, pretty much. And it had like four slots for cards on each side, and you would plug it into your TV or whatever, and you would be able to go from there. This though does not require anything except for your controller or your your mouse and keyboard. 
And that's pretty nice for people who, you know, they don't want to go out there and buy a $120 guitar game combo pack, or I think it was $150 for the Rock Band 4 stuff. And even then, I've had such little faith in uh, Rock Band's uh, quality of instruments to even think about getting a new instrument for our, for a game that I don't, I don't really know anything about going into it. Yes, I did play it at, at, at PAX, but it definitely has changed a lot, and they've added a lot more things to it since I played it back back in the day. That's right. So, what is this game, guys? What is this game? Um, you pretty much mix and match different tracks from songs. There's four tracks per a song, and you can mix and match them any way you want to. You can have multiple uh, parts of a track on there, or you can have one from each different track. There's plenty of songs to choose from. I believe the maximum amount of songs that you can mix in like a freestyle mode is like, because uh, I think there's like 10 on each, or it's got to be at least 20 songs or something like that that you can that you can sift through during like a freestyle mode. Uh, during the campaign mode, they bring it back a little bit just to, you know, kind of focus you in, I guess you could say. But uh, so each song has four parts. There's usually a drum part, a bass, a rhythm slash guitar or keyboard. And then there's, of course, the vocals. So just as um, an example, the song All Star by Smash Mouth um, has... Uh, the drum part, it has, like, the guitar and bass part kind of combined together. It has the keyboard part, you know, the... And then it also has the vocal part, and you can put any one of those discs. There's four tr there's four disc slots on, on, your, on your board, I guess you could say, and you slap them in there on the downbeat, or there's actually a pickup beat that you can do for extra points, which uh, kind of make you know, it makes sense, and it, and it works out most of the time, and those are good indicators as to, like, let's say you're doing the vocal track for I'm the Bad Guy by Billie Eilish, and you want it to start at a specific part, you kind of can tell where that specific part will be uh, because of the downbeat, and the downbeat is marked with a red line on the metronome at the bottom of the screen that kind of just kind of goes along uh, and then resets every so often. So essentially, you drop it on that downbeat, they'll start on a part of the song that makes sense for it to start there. So if you're doing like this huge buildup and you don't want to drop a, um, you know, like a, a, a vocal part yet, um, and you, you want to wait for like that vocal part to get to some to get to somewhere specific so that you're not just, you know, putting it down randomly in the middle of the verse or whatever, you know, you can wait for that downbeat. Same thing with drums and the bass and the, the, the yellow. <laughs> so there's red for vocals, yellow for rhythm and guitar and stuff like that keyboards um green for bass and blue for drums and they've they've act they actually changed things up a little bit because there's some tracks that have like three different piano or piano parts but they're all the different colors uh, or there's one that has two different drum tracks one's a green drum track and one's a blue drum track or they have like the violins and stuff like that as the green instead of you know a bass part or they'll or some songs don't even have a vocal track. They just have like the the drums and the instrumentation sometimes. Like the it'll show up as a trumpet on the on the on the on the track and it's just like the instrumentation in the background going bam <laughs> you know. Look, okay, I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I'm enjoying the game for the most part, okay? I went to this game going, it's probably gonna be fun. I'm probably gonna play it for a little while and then drop off of it. I was playing today before I recorded this podcast for two hours, and they went by like 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 that with a snap, you know? I was just playing freestyle mode, and I was just mixing things together. And yeah, I do tend to drift towards like similar stuff that I've already done, you know? But it sounds good, and it's a really cool game, you know, to mix and match things. 
Some of the negatives about the game, though, um, the the campaign mode is is really boring. They teach you like one new thing every um, every uh, act or whatever. So there's there's six or seven stages, and each stage is divided into hour slots. So it goes from like you know three p.m. to twelve a.m. or whatever, and each each hour is a new slot. So you have like a new um, uh, thing to learn inside there. And it's just, it's just, it's really boring how they teach you. It just, they don't like, I don't know. They, they just kind of like say, Hey, do this. And then they let you go, you know? And it's like, fine, that's fine. But I don't need to learn, you know, how to do the drum thing where you can like play your own drum part and then make it a looped track. I don't need to learn that for the drums. And then the next time you learn for the keyboard and then the blah, blah, you know, it, 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 it builds on top of each other. And you're like, and you're like, I'm just doing the same thing for like the past three you know, things, and I don't really want to use this feature, it's cool, you know, no matter what you do, they make the drums or the keyboard part that you can loop, they make it sound good, you know, they put it in, like, the key of the, what's playing, um, it's just one of those things I'm probably not going to use too often, and they spend too much time, like, focusing on one singular thing during the campaign, and I'm sure as I get farther into it, right now I'm on stage three, uh, I'm sure as, as I get farther into it, things will just kind of like they'll they'll stop holding your hand so much, and they'll just kind of let you go. Um, one of the cool things about the campaign mode, which I wish happened during like the freestyle section or something like that, is the fan recommendations. They'll pop up and say, "Hey, I want something rock," and you get bonus points for doing something rock. Or you know, "Hey, I want a song from the 2000s," or "Hey, I want um, a hot new drum track." You know, the drop. You know. Um, so you, you can do those things for them for bonus points, and then there's also bonus points for hitting the downbeat, hitting the um, the upbeat, and also for, uh, there's, you can, like, eject CDs, or discs, I should say, you can mute them, you can solo them, so that means that that's the only one playing, um, and you can also get one on deck as well, and you can switch between the two if you really want to, and doing that stuff on the downbeat will also net you extra points. Um... So, yeah, the the, uh, the venues aren't, like, super special. I, I like the design of most of the stages. It's, like, it's fine. You know, it's, it's <laughs> you know, it's whatever. Um, but the characters dancing and stuff like that, especially the ones next to you, like, you're in the center, right, and you have your astronaut co- costume on, and you're jamming up there, and you're playing, you're mixing and doing all things. And then they have two random NPCs standing next to you, kind of just moving left and right, like, kind of grooving around. It's like, those guys aren't needed. I don't need hype people. If you're going to make hype people, actually make them hype people. But these guys aren't doing anything, so why are they up on stage? I don't know. And the crowd isn't really too into it either. I guess I'm not really, you're not really paying attention to that stuff while you're mixing stuff because you're more, f- more focused on the mixing aspect of everything. But, you know, uh, it's one of those things that I'm like, could have done a little bit better job. Like, Rock Band 4 was like the, the, well, no, I should say, if Madden is the lowest point in crowd animations, Fuser is pretty uh, far above that for sure but it's about at the same level as like rock band 4 or something like that where you know they kind of have those predetermined things and they don't they don't really i don't know they don't really do much of anything to get they they make them look like they're getting hyped up you know it's just a big crowd and stuff like that um but uh like i said the game is really fun there's a lot of really interesting mechanics in it so you can change like the um from a major to a minor, uh, if you're if you're not a musician, you won't understand what I'm saying. But essentially, you can change from a major key to a minor key. You can also change the key of the song. So if you're playing an F, you can change it to F flat, F sharp, B, 
ABC. You know, you can you can do anything that you want on there, and it's gonna make it, it's gonna make it sound a lot different. And in, and in a lot of cases, some of the songs just don't sound right at all. There's some of the more rock-based songs like Mr. Brightside, uh, Clocks, and stuff like that, where the vocal part were coming in, they're so auto-tuned upper or lower, or they're slowed down or something like that. They just don't sound right when you're when you're throwing them onto the track, and you you feel instant regret. Um, and there's also the tempo as well. You can change it from like all the way from like 90 to like. I, I thought it, I, I think it was a good, I think it was like 500 or something like that. So you can have them like really, really going along um, with the songs. Um, it's 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 really cool though. It's a it's a lot that you can do to kind of like tweak everything and and kind of get everything exactly the way you want to. And like I said, I've been messing around with freestyle mode, which pretty much gives you everything. Um, there's also what you can you can do what's called snap snapshots, which will. Uh, just remember what discs are on the stage, and you can actually pull those in um, and, and put those in your lineup so you can kind of drop them all at the same time again if you really want to. Um, and there's also, um, oh, what was I about to say? Uh, there's also the record mode in freestyle mode where you can actually record like a track and then upload it to um, the fuser servers and people can actually hear, you know, the, the mix that you did, you know, which is pretty cool as well. And I've been kind of messing around with that. Some people make some pretty cool stuff, not going to lie. Uh, you can follow specific peoples if you want to too. That's just pretty cool. There's a co-op freestyle mode, which I haven't gotten to play yet, but essentially you, you know, you both kind of work together to drop things at specific times and stuff like that. It's a really cool system, and I really hope, wish that I could use it, but no one that I know is ever going to get this game, so. <laughs> and then there's also the battle mode, which I played a little bit of it this morning, not this morning, but today. And essentially what you do is you're just trying to do better things than the other person, so you're dropping at better times, you're, um mixing songs better, etc., etc. Et and essentially, the guy I was playing against, um, he was, like, half there because he was only, like, dropping one thing here and there. And I guess it's because he's a novice. I don't know. I'm a novice, too, technically. Uh, but I ended up winning my first battle, and I'm like, yep, okay, I won, and now I don't need to do it ever again. I'm I'm, I'm 1-0. <laughs> I, I, I win. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, you know... Uh, it's, it's, it's a pretty interesting mode, I guess, if you go up against someone who, um, you know, is, is more, I don't know, talented, I guess, at mixing things, it's not like so, it's not like a battle mode like in Guitar Hero, right, where you're actually like sabotaging another player, which I wish you could do, but unfortunately they want it to be more family friendly, I guess you could say. Um, but yeah, that's it, the battle mode is something that I haven't used, but a lot, I should say, but it was fun what I did, you know, and, and I, I enjoyed myself, and I thought that, uh, you know, it was, it was pretty, it was okay for what it was, you know, and it's, it's one of those things that I probably won't play much, but I'll get back to it eventually. Um, there's a point system in this game, one for your outfits and one for getting new songs. You can't buy the points, you have to earn them by playing the game, which is, of course, really nice. Uh, and there's a good amount of songs that you have to buy, so, you know, it's a good thing that they're doing this stuff. And, of course, like I said in a past podcast episode, I think it was last week, they are going to be releasing DLC for the game. And they already did release some, like, three DLC songs that I already have because I pre-ordered the game at the right time. So, um, you know, the, the the I think Mr. Mr. Brightside definitely was one of the DLC songs. I forget what the other two were, but I think they were 
I think they turned out to be good songs inside the game. Like, not good songs, but songs that are, you know, have good stuff. Look, I'm not a fan of pop. I'm going to say they're good songs because mixing them makes them sound better. I'm not a huge fan of, like, all these different music styles. But, you know, being the DJ up there and mixing them together, I don't care as much, you know? And I think that I'll, anyone who's, like, up there on the stage mixing songs, like, even if you're, the, you're a hardcore metalcore guy like myself... You're going to still find some fun mixing together, you know, Call Me Maybe and All-Star and Symphony of Destruction by Megadeth, and you're going to have fun doing it, you know? I, I don't, I, if, you, if you're if you not a fan of this, it's this type of music, you probably might, you, you will probably have fun playing this game anyways. It's still a fun game, and it just has a few blemishes on it that, that kind of bring it down for me, but for the most part, it's a nice new kind of refreshing take on the rhythm game genre, and you don't have to worry about them having crappy instruments because you use your own stuff, so the, whole, the only thing you can blame is yourself if your mouse stops working or if your controller, you know, loses battery power mid-game, mid, mid game, you know? So, all in all, I'm having fun with it. Is it going to be one of my favorite games this year? If I'm still playing it into December, maybe it will get on my list. But, you know, we'll see how it goes, obviously. Like I said last time, the top 10 list for the year is going to come out in January. So it's probably going to be closer to the end of January, giving me a little bit more time to finish some of the games that I'm working on. And speaking of one of the games that I'm working on that I've been playing a lot, almost it's probably second to Fuser, the, the playtime in this, is Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Valhalla! Yes. Uh, this is the first Assassin's Creed game in a while that I've wanted to play constantly. Um, Odyssey and Origins are good. They look great. They play fine. I just get bored really fast. Valhalla seems to be trimming the fat. There's not as much, you know, there's not as many side missions to do. There's not as much walking or riding around to do. Um, your boat travel stuff is really fast, and the raids are really fun to do. Um, the combat is okay it's not as good as i think it was in the past but it's still pretty good and you can switch up weapons a lot which is really fun too um the the special moves are like the same from odyssey so you know you use those pretty much the same way the only thing that's kind of bugging me right now and yes there are a lot of bugs in the game um i ran into one today where the guy was doing a leap of faith and he was showing me how to do it and he like laid down on the ground and then jumped off and i was like what <laughs> <laughs> but one thing that is bugging me about the game is the climbing in the game is not as good as Odyssey, I don't think. There's a lot of times where I'll just kind of, like, stop climbing for some reason, or there'll be something in my way that I can't get past, whereas in Odyssey, you could literally climb anything. You could climb statues, mountains, buildings, anything with, with ease, and I, I feel like they, they did something to change that for this one, and it's kind of been bugging me a little bit because of the fact that you know, I, I was I was really enjoying the climbing in Odyssey, but this game they've they've like changed something. It almost feels more like Assassin's Creed Three, where you kind of just like run into a road stop and you can't climb any higher to do something specific. Um, I've I've been feeling that less now that I'm out of like the the Viking territory. I'm into the the English territory uh, because there's like no ice or anything on the mountains or something like that that was going to stop you. But I still have problems with the free running because. I mean, I'm just like, it's almost the same problem I had with Assassin's Creed Unity, where I would, you know, climb up instead of going straight, or I would I would not be able to climb down as fast as I would want to, and um, it's just one of those things that, like, it's something that's going to bug me, but it's not something that's going to ruin the experience for me, I guess, because it, the, the game hasn't really been focused on the free running, and hell, Ivor 
isn't even like a part of the brotherhood really he 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 gets he gets given an assassin's blade pretty early on in the game and you just kind of use it as like a brutality kind of thing where you know he doesn't like you know he doesn't like use it for stealth or anything like that you like you can just you brutalize people when you stab them in the back and stuff like that even though you're still doing stealth it's it's pretty brutal and I don't know if he's going to join the Brotherhood in the end. Uh, obviously, there's that, that underlying thing, and the uh, system of, like, finding the corruption in England is back to, like, it was an Odyssey where you were finding the Templar agents in, in Odyssey. This one has, like, the same thing to it. So they took a lot of the good things from from Odyssey and, and put it into this game, but they took out, like, all the meaningless side quests, all the really long and big areas. Like, I, I like that the areas are a little bit more condensed now, and it's all based off of, like, a river system that's in England, and it's really 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 fun and really fine and it, it just it works so well to get you around now i am playing the ps4 version of this game the original ps4 version and the load times are pretty long so i can see where a ps4 pro or even a ps5 would help out there i also feel like the graphical quality is 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 not as good as odyssey or origins um which may be just because they optimized the game for the ps5 and the next generation like xbox series x I won't really know until I get, you know, the, the, the systems. And I did see that you you are able to get a PS5 upgrade without having to rebuy the game. You can just put the disc into your PS5, and then you can download the game to your PS5. You have to download. You can't just use the discs, unfortunately. Um, but it, that's a really cool thing. That also works for Miles Morales as well, um, as I found out. So Assassin's Creed Valhalla starts off at a weird spot. Um, but it quickly gets going, and once you get to England, the the stuff really starts working together really, really well. And uh, I can see that I'm gonna I'm gonna really have fun with this. And it's probably gonna be the first Assassin's Creed game that I finish all the way in a while. Um, I, I even though I beat the story and everything in Syndicate, I never did the hundred percent in that. Even though I did a lot of things in Assassin's Creed Unity, just because I was trying to get just just trying to find some source of something good in the game, I I didn't finish that all the way. Um, Origins, I got through maybe a quarter of the game and had to stop because it was just too boring to me. Um, Odyssey, almost the same thing, except I got really, I got a lot farther in this game, and all of a sudden I hit a roadblock where I was just doing meaningless tasks, and I was just kind of done with that. Um, but this game is definitely, it's on the tier of, like, Black Flag for me, where, you know, the st uh, I think that Black Flag's story really suffers, but everything else about the game is really good. Whereas in Valhalla, the story is good, the combat is okay, the free running is okay, it's not, like, the best that it has been, uh, but everything else about the game is, is, is really good so far. I don't want to talk too much about it, because I have, I mean, I, I haven't really gotten into it yet you know even though i've played about six hours of the game it's still just scratching the surface kind of like with um a few other games that i've been playing like watchdogs and stuff like that so i, I really want to get into the game and I'll, I'll get back to you guys on what I, if if anything like happens that really turns me negative about it but so far it's been really good i think the um i think it's just all around a pretty decent game and like i said it just has a bunch of bugs in it that I feel like they're not they're not game breaking like you know the guy laying down and then jumping off is like that's that's fine and then there was also this this part where I fast traveled uh, and the boat commands stayed at the bottom of my screen when I was just walking around when a cut when a cutscene happened or something else happened it would go away but anytime I was just walking around it would be there but when I got on the boat and got off it fixed that so that's like a minor thing that isn't really too big of an inconvenience honestly. And other than that, uh, the music is great. 
I think the uh, the scenery is good. Um, like I said, I just I, I'm just missing that next generation bump to make it like per, you know really really beautiful, and that's kind of making me sad because almost the same thing with Miles Morales, Spider-Man Miles Morales, which I played uh, the opening to at least so far. Um, it doesn't look as crisp or clean as I was hoping it would, even on the uh, you know on the PS4 I'm playing, of course, and the original one, not the Pro or anything like that. So I'm really feeling that like next generation gap all of a sudden because even though Miles Morales looks good. It plays good. It's a really fun game. I'm missing those finer details and those better looking textures and stuff like that. And I can really feel it, you know. Uh, I go back and I play Marvel Spider-Man. It seems it still it still is fine to me because it's optimized for this system. But when you go to Miles Morales, it's optimized for the next generation, just like Valhalla. And that's when you start to see the generational gap of of consoles. And like I said, I haven't played much of Miles Morales right now. It's feeling a lot like Miles. Uh, I'm sorry, with with uh, the first game, uh, Marvel Spider-Man, which is good. Um, and they don't like hold your hand and teach you everything over again in a long drawn out thing it just kind of gives you a hint and says hey if you press l2 and r and r2 you'll zip forward to a location then you can bounce off and they do it really quickly and it's just gone and you go okay i remember this from the original game because i think most people are going to be playing are going to be playing this game who already played the original game and if you if you did play the if you didn't play the original game you'll be able to learn this really fast i mean it's just it's not too difficult it's almost the same as like a batman arkham game where you know squares the punch always to you know dodge you can use special moves in this game with l1 and whatever you know it's, it's one of those things that's like you know uh, it, it, it feels very similar but it's also pretty different with the new moves that miles morales can do and the uh the first suit you get in the game a little bit lacking honestly in my opinion but obviously there's a lot of customization in the game with all these different suits so you'll be able to find one that suits you <laughs> what a pun uh in, in eventually in the future right but um i'm 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 pretty happy with the game so far the opening was was really fun um it's not as bombastic i think as the original spider-man game but it's still pretty good and the soundtrack i talked about the soundtrack a while ago the soundtrack is top notch it really is they really honed in on who miles morales is as a character um and the only thing that's kind of like kind of like making me go like oh my gosh it's like miles morales just sounds like a um i mean he just sounds like a kid who's at disney and he's like he's, he's just like whoa whoa peter whoa it's like all right dude uh hopefully you'll grow up fast <laughs> But in the last game, he wasn't like that, you know? He feels more like the Spider-Man Miles Morales from the Into the Spider-Verse movie, which is a great movie, one of my favorite movies uh, from la from the uh, last year, right? Um, but I, I, don't, I don't know if it makes sense in the context of this game because in the original in the original game, he was more mature and he wasn't, like, making quips and stuff like that. I, I don't know. I don't know. May I, I'm sure I'll get used to it as I play the game more. Like I said, I've only played, like, an hour and a half, you know, the opening, and then you get your suit, and then that's where I quit um, because I had to had to eat, you know, had to eat some food, you know. got got, got some, something in your stomach there. But so far, um, so far, the three games I talked about today, I'm really impressed with. Fuser, I'm surprised by, right? Valhalla, I'm, I'm surprised by. And Spider-Man Miles Morales is living up to my expectations, minus a few small details that aren't, like, game-breaking. They, they, they don't, they don't, they're not, they're not, they're not ruining the experience for me, right? Whew. Okay. What time, what, what, how long did that take? I was, I'm pretty passionate about all these games. Oh, man, we're almost 30 minutes in, and I haven't even talked about Duelist of the Roses. 
There are some games that I'm working on still that I haven't talked about. Like I mentioned, Watch Dogs Legion. I just I just bought Bug Snacks today. Uh, it was on sale on Epic Store, and I feel like I'm going to play it on the PC more than the PlayStation anyways. And like I said, my my backlog is crying. It really is. It's like, but you still haven't finished Last of Us 2 or Ghost of Tsushima. And it's like, I know, I know, I'm pointing, I'm looking at you, I know, <laughs> okay? But I'm really excited for these games, and even though I'm enjoying Last of Us Part 2, I would rather play these ones right now and have fun with them, and then I'll get back to Last of Us and maybe possibly Ghost of Tsushima. Now, that's the thing, though. When I get when it comes to the top ten list, I don't think I can even put t- Ghost of Tsushima on the list, even though it's a really good game. It's, I just have not had the time to play it. This year has been so weird, and I think I talked about this last year, where it's like I went back and I played a bunch of old games, you know? I was playing Clone Hero a lot. I was playing a bunch of old games on Steam and stuff that I, I, I've played before. I've played them a lot of times, and I just went back and played them. And I, I totally dropped off of using my PS4 for a long time, even though I had these games that I wanted to play, like, you know, Last of Us and Ghost of Tsushima. I just, I, I, I didn't even play it for, like, a whole, like, two months straight. And I was playing, you know, all these games on Steam and Clone Hero, and I, I was just having fun with that stuff, and really, that, that's kind of what I needed, you know, I needed, like, a palate cleanser, because I was getting, I was getting to that point where it's, like, a big game would come out, and I'd play a little bit of it, and then I'd look at the map and go, yeah, I don't think I can finish this, but I look at Assassin's Creed Valhalla's map, I look at Miles Morales' map, I look at Watch Dogs Legion's map, and I go, it's big, but I think I can tackle this. And I think if I go back, I, Ghost of Tsushima is still a pretty big map no matter what, but I think if I go back to those games and really put my time into them, I think I'll be able to finish them now. I just needed like a cleanser, you know? Last year I played a lot of big games, um, The Outer Worlds being one of them where I was playing like, you know, 10 hours a day at some points, and I was just I was just really enjoying the time, my time with it. And I think the same thing's going to happen here in the last part of the year. Um, while football games are playing, I'll probably be playing Bug Snacks or something like that on the PC. And um, during my off days from streaming, I'm definitely going to be downstairs playing a lot of these newer games. I know today I was off from streaming and I just played Fuser for a few hours. But hey, that's just that's, that's how it goes sometimes. You know, I'm watching Player Two, I'm watching Callus, I'm watching a Retro Fellow, I'm watching all these people playing games while I'm playing a game um, out of the corner of my eye. And I go, yep, this is pretty good. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about. Yugi Boy, Yu-Gi-Oh! Duelist of the Roses. Now, this is a game that was suggested to me by um, a few people, um, and, a, and a lot of people wanted me to play it uh, in the Discord, so it ended up winning the, the vote, and we went ahead and played it, and it started off kind of rocky. There is an hour-long tutorial to this game. You know how I was complaining about Fuser's tutorial being too, too, you know, too, you know, slow? This one is even slower. It's an hour-long tutorial, and they don't even let you control what's happening on the screen for the most part. They teach you how to drop cards down and how to put them in defense and attack mode, but everything else is just, like, doing it for you. And I'm a kind of person who's like, I need to learn this myself. Like, when I was in school, even though they would have, like, these slides playing and they would give you a printout of the slides, I was in a notebook scribbling down everything because when I write something or, or do something like that, when I'm physically doing that, I remember it much better. With, with, with the same thing kind of applies to Duelist of the Roses, where they were just showing me how to do everything and doing everything for me, including fusions and stuff like that, that I kind I forgot everything that they taught me when I started the game. And luckily, some people in the Twitch chat 
um, were able to help me who had experience with the game. Shoutouts go to go out to Inka Zorath and uh, Ilyana and Bianca. Uh, all three of those people helped me out, and Ink Zorath gave me a few cards that um, really helped turn the tide of some battles. And it was after we learned how to play the game and after we kind of got our deck situated. I was really having a fun time. Now, this game isn't like your normal grandma's, you know, old Yu-Gi-Oh game where it's actually like a, a the card game. No, this is like a completely different experience where it's kind of like an RTS kind of game where you still have a deck and you still place cards in the field, but it's like a, a grid and you move your cards around and you try to attack the opponent directly with these cards or the monster cards trap cards and magic cards kind of work similar but they're also a little bit different and you can move across the map anywhere you want to um it was it's, it's one of those things that's like learning the fusions you know because you can just fuse anything if you combine them well not anything but there's certain things that fuse like you know let's say you want to fuse you know crass clown with a um with a zombie card it'll make clown zombie uh you can fuse uh like a plant and a zombie card to make the pumpkin king uh you can fuse like uh you can you can fuse uh monster cards with with magic cards so you can make like uh you know metal zoa or uh red eyes metal dragon you know something like that i know if you don't know Yu-Gi-Oh, you're probably like huh? I'm going to make this quick, though. I think the game is good. I enjoyed my time with it. It's it's a unique take on the Yu-Gi-Oh! formula. Tutorial needed to be a lot better, and I think that they needed to flesh out the evil version of the campaign a lot more. Um, the Just as a comparison, the evil version of the campaign, you, you fought like seven characters, while with the good campaign, you fought like 12. And just that right there, like, the 12 that you f that you fight like how do you get to them is a lot different and in the evil campaign it's like a straight line and in the good campaign it's like a weaving web of different duels that you can do they both end relatively similarly um, but it was still a fun game. I enjoyed my time with it. A little frustrating at the beginning. So I put it in the B as in boy tier um, because it's not like the greatest thing ever, but it's still really good. It's still good. And I would recommend it to someone looking for a, a different kind of flavor of Yu-Gi-Oh game. I know that they, I, I, I looked it up and they did a lot of stuff like this where they took the Yu-Gi-Oh formula back in like the PS2 and GameCube era. And the console versions of the game were completely different from anything else that you played in the Yu-Gi-Oh! universe, but the game, like, the handheld consoles, like Game Boy Color and stuff, and DS and stuff like that, those were all, like, the normal version of Yu-Gi-Oh! So if you want a normal Yu-Gi-Oh! game, you're gonna want to either play the new stuff, like, um, there's, like, Duelist Duel Links, or there's a mod you can download called Yu-Gi-Oh! The Dawn of a New Era, um, but in the past, if you wanted to play a regular Yu-Gi-Oh game, you would get like the Yu-Gi-Oh games on the Game Boy and stuff like that. And I had a Game Boy Color version of Yu-Gi-Oh. It was it was pretty good. I, I I enjoyed that, and I enjoyed this. So all in all, not bad. If you're not a Yu-Gi-Oh fan, you might want to stay away from it. But if you're a fan of like real-time strategy and like card games. Uh, like magic and stuff like that, it does incorporate a lot of different ideas into it, and it might be unique enough. So even if you don't like Yu-Gi-Oh, you might still be able to enjoy it. Um, the story in it is like convoluted and stupid, but I mean, what's you gonna do? <laughs> and, but that's all I want to say about that. Um, and uh, that's everything that I've been playing this past week that I want to talk about right now. Um, ooh, Bug Snacks finished downloading, guys. That's probably what I'm gonna try out today. All right, let's jump into the news, and I think the biggest news uh, what happened on November 7th, 
And wouldn't you know it, I recorded the day before, and I was like, oh, something big is going to come tomorrow for N7 Day, which is a Mass Effect thing. And of course, something big did happen. They announced that the Mass Effect trilogy was going to be remastered for the PS4 and the next generation of consoles. It's going to include all single-player DLC, and there will be PS5 enhancements across the board. And it's all going to come in one convenient package, and it'll be come in in spring of 2021. It's going to include uh, all three of the games in the original trilogy, which will include all of their single-player DLC. So that means, that does mean, that, guess what, I don't think the multiplayer from the third game is going to come over, and that was actually a pretty big thing in the third game, because it actually affected, um, it actually affected uh, some aspects of the game where, uh, you know, your galactic readiness would be up to 50%. It would stay at 50% even if you've done so, you know, all this crap during the campaign. And you would have to go into the multiplayer and get the, the galactic readiness up. And I, I don't know how they're going to change that. Maybe maybe they are going to have the multiplayer still in there. I don't know. Right now, Mass Effect 3, I think the multiplayer is still up and working on Steam and stuff like that. Um, and I mean, it, it kind of has to be because you made the game kind of form around that multiplayer mode. Um, and it's, it's, I, I like the multiplayer in the games, don't get me wrong, I, I didn't like the loot crate system, but I like the multiplayer in the games, and I played it a lot, and before my old, um, my old account on PS3 got hacked, I had almost every single character unlocked just from spamming loot crates and spending too much money, and I finally got character, like, I got a few characters that I really, really enjoyed, and then my account got hacked, someone bought, um, like, tw you know, $100 worth of FIFA points, and I was like, ah, it had to be, it, it, it could have been anything, but it had to be FIFA points. That was even worse than the fact that I got hacked and someone got my card information, you know? And so because I went to my bank and was like, hey, this is fraudulent, blah, 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 I got hacked. Um, they, they, Sony shut down my, my account on PS3, so I had to make a new one with a different uh, email address. And from then on, it's been the same, uh, even though I changed names recently. It's been the same account, so... Ah, uh, that's a big tangent, Yemi. Uh, so, essentially, the remasters are all going to boast 4K resolution support, overhauled assets, enhanced visual effects, and better frame rates. Bioware also said that it's targeting specific improvements for PS5 through backwards compatibility. We're going to get more information uh, starting next year. Um, and hopefully they're going to change around the gameplay aspects of the first game, even though it's a, a classic and I don't think they should change much about it. I feel like the use, the power usage and the gun usage is a little bit off in that game. And when I replay it on the channel, eventually I'll, I'll, I'll touch on those things. Like I said, it's, it's a playable game. It's fine. Uh, the first game, it's just, it's, the controls are very dated, you know? Um, I think, uh, the second game's going to hold up. Third game holds up a little bit less, but it still holds up. Um, I've played through the trilogy so many times, I don't even know if I'm going to get this on release day. I mean, I'm probably yeah, I'm going to get it on release day, honestly, you know? <laughs> but uh, it's one of those things where I... I mean, the Master Trilogy is my most played-through trilogy uh, of all time, and it, it, for good reason. Um, it's just such a fun experience, and everyone complains about the ending of Mass Effect 3. I don't have too big of gripes about it. They they, they fixed some things with the DLC, and they, um, you know, they did some improvements with a free update. And I'm okay with the ending. Uh, and I think that, like, the journey up until the ending is really good, you know? Like, a bunch of things mattered from the first two games that affect the third game, you know? And I don't want to give specifics if someone hasn't played the trilogy yet, but, you know, there's, there's some things that happen that, you know, start all the way in the first game and then 
you know, grow until the third game. And then there's like a big conclusion to it. And it's like, yeah, it, it was a, a satisfying conclusion. It has a lot of different endings that could happen to it. You know, the ending of the full, the full game, eh, it's, it's more, you know, cookie cutter, but you know, you know, um, they also said that a, uh, a new Mass Effect game is an early development. They showed some, I guess, one <laughs> picture of artwork that they're working on. It looks a lot different from anything that I've seen in the past, but you can kind of see silhouettes of a Solarian. Uh, looks like maybe a Krogan, uh, a human, and possibly maybe a Drell, uh, but... I'm, and it also looks like the Tatooine double suns there in the picture, but it looks kind of cool. And maybe, maybe possibly they're going to like a prequel type scenario because I've never seen a ship that looks like this. And the fact that it's kind of steaming and it looks a little bit more, are you know, old school, I guess you could say. Maybe they're going to go with like a, a prequel to the Mass Effect trilogy, which, I mean, if we go through like the Turian human war... That might be pretty cool, or, you know, something like that. I guess we'll have to wait and see on that one. I really don't want um, another Mass Effect Andromeda game, like Mass Effect Andromeda 2. Um, even though there's a lot of questions still from the from Andromeda 1, I don't need the answers to them, honestly. I was not invested in that story, uh, the, the acting, the characters. Even though I liked... I actually did like a few of the characters in there, but they're, they're, I wasn't invested into the game, and I, I, just, I just felt like... I don't know, I just, I just felt like it was lacking that charm that the original trilogy had. Um, but we'll see what they do. Hopefully with this new game, they're going to go back to like the Ma the original Mass Effect style, you know, having a class system. I, I, I Even though like I was a fan of how you could mix, mix and match, you know, powers on the go, I felt like it made your character a little bit too overpowered, you know, and it was just too easy of a game. Whereas in the original game, like you would run into scenarios where it's like, oh, there's a guy with shields who's really powerful but i don't have something that takes down shields easily um you know i have incinerate which works on armor not on you know or i don't have disruption ammo stuff like that so <laughs> um along with the announcement of the uh legendary edition of mass effect which is the full remaster of the trilogy uh the studio came out and said a veteran team has been hard at work envisioning envisioning the next chapter of the mass effect universe we are in the early stages on the project and can't say any more just yet but we're looking forward to sharing our vision for where we'll we'll be going next um this brings a tear to my eye if it's the original team and they know their stuff they, they, you know, it, this could be, this could be the Mass Effect game that I was hoping for when, when Andromeda dropped. Andromeda was a huge misstep, and I think Bioware as a whole has been doing huge missteps since then. Um, honestly, uh, since EA got their tentacles into them, they've never done, like, something amazingly great, you know? Since Mass Effect 3, technically, pretty much. Um, and Andromeda was rushed, and it was terrible, <laughs> and it was not thought out. Kind of like this sentence. <laughs> um, it, it lacked everything that made Mass Effect unique, and it just kind of turned it into like a, I don't know, a shell of what it was. And that, it made me really sad trying to go through a second playthrough and being like, I don't care, you know? Like, I care so much about the original Mass Effect trilogy. I care so much about those characters. And for me to go through Mass Effect Andromeda and not bond with, like, a single character or or the main character, at least, or anything, and just go, I don't care, and turn off the game and uninstall it, that says a lot. Because I played through the original Mass Effect trilogy a lot. I mean a lot. And I, I, already, I already said this, but it's my most played trilogy, and Mass Effect Andromeda I played one and a half times. 
So I'm going to leave it at that. Alright, so let's talk about some PS5 news. Um, there's going to be more PS5 consoles available before and after Christmas. Uh, you already, if, you re, if you're listening to this now, you've already missed the November 12th restock for Walmart. I got a PS5 into my cart, and then when I went to check out, it said that the, uh, the PS5s were sold out, so we didn't get one, but we got close. <laughs> but um, in an interview with the BBC, um, the PlayStation's boss said, we're making more PS5s in a, different, in a difficult environment than we made the PS4s at the launch. Um, if people are unable to find one at launch, we're very sorry and apologetic for that. But they can rest assured we're working really hard to get significant supplies into the market before and after Christmas. Now, I didn't say specifically how long after Christmas or the time frame for Christmas, uh, but I'm guessing that a few more places are going to restock the Sony consoles like Walmart and Amazon and stuff like that before Christmas rolls out. Um, they also said that this is going to be bigger, a bigger launch than the PS4, and I think given the circumstances we're in, that's something that we can quite, we can quietly be proud of. So there you go. So if you're waiting for a PS5 console, I've already I've already bought uh, all the games that I want for the PS5 on the PS4, just because I know that I'm probably not going to get one until next year anyways, so why even try at this point? Um, but if you want to try, keep trying. I'm, I'm going to keep trying, you know, I'm going to keep trying to get one until I, I finally can get one. I'm guessing that we're really not going to get a good boom, a good stock of consoles until much after Christmas, and hopefully, hopefully once COVID dies out, goes away, <laughs> um, the consoles will have a surge, both Xbox and, and PS5, you know, I, I, I'm not a huge fan of the Xbox console, but I do understand people's love for it, and if you can't get one, you know, that's, it, I, I feel the pain, I feel the pain of everyone, and then I feel nothing, right, um, so I feel the pain, I share that pain, I share your pain if you're not able to get a console right now, um, but I also understand your pain because I understand that pain because I'm going through the same thing. Let's move on. All right. Sony has spiced up social media on Twitter with a new like button takeover. Essentially, when you when you tag the PS5 in a tweet and you press the like button, a small dual sense controller will pop up instead of a heart emoji which is pretty cool. This is the first time I've, this is the first time I've actually seen that like happen and actually work. Um, but essentially, yeah, all you gotta do is type a tweet out, have hashtag PS5 in it, and you'll be able to transform the heart into a dual sense right in front of your eyes, which is pretty cool. Um, they didn't do something like that for Xbox, I don't think. Um, so it's kind of weird that, uh, well, I guess it's good, you know, I guess Sony kind of has maybe a better marketing department where they're like, yeah, this is gonna, it's gonna blow up, right? This is gonna be, eh, this won't be memed, this will be heralded as the new dawn of Twitter, I don't know. Um, anyways, if you own a PS4, you may have noticed that the app to play Remote Play on the PS5 is now available. Um, after the recent update, they added the PS5 Remote Play option so that you can play games with your PS5 friends. Now, which games can you play? Not really anything right now. Um, but once Sackboy eventually gets the crossplay going, you'll be able to you'll be able to play with friends with the remote crossplay. I've never personally played with remote crossplay. I know that you need like a really strong internet connection and all that stuff. Um, but anyways, uh, when you boot up the app, you'll, it'll say, use the PS4 to connect to your to, to and control your PS5 with the option of finding your PS5. The options menu contains three resolution settings to best match your connection speed, 540p, 720, or 1080. Um, and uh, 
yeah, you know, it, it, I guess people are saying it works. I don't know what you're going to use this for, but, you know, whatever. Um, honestly, remote play was never a big thing anyways, but having it available is fine. You know, you can, like, let's say you have a PS4 and a PS5. You know, you can hook up the PS5 to the PS4 and vice versa and have a fun time with your younger counterparts, eh? Also, the DualSense controllers are going to be available in black and other colors, quote, in the future. If you've been hoping for a new DualSense color like purple or black, don't worry. Sony is well aware of the demand and in a huge PS5 facts and, an uh, yeah, facts and questions, the the platform holder says that the black DualSense controllers and other colors will become available in the future. It does not have anything to announce on the front just yet. So, there you go. Uh, just the white controller will be available for now, um, but maybe next year um, the new versions of the controllers, like the black and different colors, will be available. And hopefully they do something cool with like the game's color schemes, like if they have a black and red one for Spider-Man, or you know, a black and blue one for Backstreet Boys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some unfortunate news for people who play uh, Marvel Spider-Man Remastered. Um, if you put your PS5 into rest mode while Spider-Man Remastered is running, it'll crash the whole system, force, uh, excuse me, forcing the repair your external drive process when you start back up. Um, and people are looking into this right now. Official Insomniac game people are looking into it uh, to try and fix the issue with an update, and hopefully it'll be cleared up in the next few days. Um, people came out on Twitter reporting this, including at Jeff Gerstman, who uh, pretty much said exactly what I said. Um, people's people. I mean, right now Sony's just recommending, hey, just don't put your game into suspended mode. If you're gonna quit out of the game, just quit the game. Um, don't do it until there's a patch out that ensures that it'll be okay. Uh, a, a data rebuild is um, a pretty big deal. I've had it happen on the PS4 a few times, obviously. Uh, and it's a long process, and then the, then it complains to you. And I actually um, Crash Bandicoot, uh, Crash 4, uh, when that happened, the last time that happened on my console, I actually erased Crash 4. I still had my saved data from PlayStation Plus, but it erased the game from my console. I had to re-download it, which was pretty, pretty crazy. Uh, I never had that happen before, or at least that I noticed. <laughs> um, but you know, uh, be careful out there with the with the with the with the, the remaster of Spider-Man, and don't put it into suspend mode for the time being. Uh, the Nio Collection, or Neo, whichever one you prefer, the the Neo Nio Collection Remaster are coming to the PS5 in February of 2021. A free upgrade is included if you buy the collection for the PS4. Essentially, Nio 1 and 2, uh, Nio 2 actually came out this year, early this year, but essentially they're, just, they're two Souls-like games. They play pretty differently from each other, but they also play kind of similar. They're unique takes on the, on the Souls-like genre. Uh, both of them being heavily influenced by Japanese or, I guess, Asian lore in general. Um, and the second game kind of jumps into it a lot heavier than the original game, but they're both pretty good games. I haven't played much in Nioh 2. In Nioh 1, you all know my woes. Callus, you know my woes about this Toad. I've just kind of put it on the back burner for right now for almost, I, I guess I would say indefinitely, but... Uh, Pre-orders for Nioh Remastered and Nioh 2 Remastered and the Nioh Collection will go live on PlayStation Store next week on the 20th of November, uh, and you'll also be able to get a physical release eventually in the future. The PS5 version is also going to take advantage of the console's act activities, functionality, haptic feedback, and adaptive tri triggers, along with cross-play with PS4 players and 3D audio. 
Lee, uh, who is one of the directors of the games, he said, On behalf of Team Ninja, I want to express our sincere gratitude for supporting the Nio series and our team through the, this long and wonderful ride. As a token of our, our appreciation, we thought there was no better way to celebrate the Nio series, one very near to and dear to our hearts, than remastering the entire story for both veterans and new players alike to enjoy utilizing the latest software. Um... So this is a game that I never thought was going to get a remaster, and I thought that, yeah, you could play Nioh 2 on, or Neo 2 on, um, on the PS5. Uh, it looks like, it looks like a PS5 game already, you know, they did a really good job with that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I guess you'll be getting a remastered version, and obviously they're going to come with all the DLCs included in them, I'm guessing, and I'm guessing that the collection is going to be a bit more pricey than, you know, like the original games, you know what I'm saying? Alright, Untitled Goose Game is invading Fall Guys. That's right. Uh, Fall Guys is getting a Untitled Goose Game skin, along with two other skins for the farmer guy and the little kid with the glasses that you can push over and take his glasses. And um, all three costumes are... Uh, I'm sorry, and these costumes are going to be coming along with a honk emote and sound effect that you'll be able to get for uh, uh, a few crowns. So there's going to be five crowns for the goose head and five crowns for the goose butt. Uh, the goose costume will be featured in the next few days, and then the rest is going to come later on, uh, which is pretty, pretty, pretty cool crossover. Um, the Untitled Goose game just came over to the PS4. It's been on uh, other consoles for a while now, including the PC. Uh, and this, I mean, Fall Guys is majorly being played on the on the PS4 right now because it was free. Um, so it's exciting to see uh, a PS4 favorite come over. One of my favorite games from last year was Untitled Goose Game. It was pretty high up there, and a lot of people were like, oh my god, it's a fun game. Shut up. Uh, but this is a cool thing. Untitled Goose Game X uh, Fall Guys. Is there going to be an Untitled Goose Game X Smash Bros. in the future? Hmm... More Fall Guys news, though. The mid-season update has added new big fan levels, hazards, and costumes, and much, much more. Uh, the main attraction of this new update is the new level named Big Fans. It's a race-type level that has a crowd of beans hopping across a series of precarious fan-shaped platforms and dodging other obstacles along the way. However, that's not all. The update also makes it so that there are more potential random hazards along all stages, meaning rounds you're comfortable with could be much trickier. Uh, one of the ones I saw while watching Fellow play this game a few days ago was the match game had a rotating, uh, like a pole in the middle that would bump you off if you stood still. So that was, uh, that, that changed up the game a lot. As well as the new stages and variations, you're also going to be able to select your server region when you fire up the game, which will hopefully make things a little bit smoother in the matchmaking side of things. And of course, all those special limited time cosmetic items have been added to an in-game store rotation, meaning that you can get those licensed costumes you missed out on, like the Half-Life and stuff like that. The update is also going to allow you to queue for multiple different show types at once. There is improved stability when playing with friends, and you can now choose your language in the options. <laughs> Finally, uh, there was a bunch of bug fixes and uh, a substantial update is now ready to download on the PS4 and the PC as a free game patch. Uh, so yeah, um, I'm glad that they're still updating the game. A lot of people say that Fall Guys is dead. I haven't played it in a while, um, but it seems like it, it came and gone a lot faster than Among Us, uh, which I was not expecting, but this game is still popular. It's not like it's, it's dying out too quickly. Uh, I think this game is going to be around for a while, and uh, if you haven't played it yet, uh, if you, you know, it, it's still a fun game. It's a, it's a unique Battle Royale type concept, and uh, it's got some, it's, it's got a lot of fun times in it, you know? Lots of fun times. All right, big news for Deathloop. 
an official release date has been announced from Bethesda. Uh, as rumored earlier this week, Bethesda was going to show off a new trailer for the game, and at the end of the new trailer, they announced that the new release date for the game is going to be the 21st of May in 2021, which will be coming to the PS5 for about $60. Um, and the publisher is not going to charge next-gen tax, which means the extra $10 for the next-gen game. Um, but yeah, this is, uh, this is a good news. Um, it was just slated for 2021, and now we're getting it early 2021, pretty much. I guess it's, I mean, maybe, maybe it's more like mid, but, uh, it's still pretty cool, pretty cool. Um, the pre-order is going to come with three items called the Storm Rider Colt Character Skin, a Trinket, and a Royal Protector Machete, which is exclusive to the PS5 version of the game. Meanwhile, the digital Deluxe Edition is going to come with three unique weapons, including a PS5 exclusive Transtar Trencher. You're also going to get the Party Crasher Colt character skin, the Sharpshooter Juliana character skin, two trinkets, and an original game soundtrack with the Deluxe Edition for digital people. Deathloop. The new trailer made the game look a lot um, a, a lot different than I was thinking. Essentially, you're going to be hunted no matter what. I thought they were going to like... I don't know what I was thinking when I originally saw the trailer for it. But I mean, you're—I mean, you're gonna be going through these objectives, and you're gonna get counter-sniped, and these people don't even have to like engage you in combat right away. You know, it's one of those things that's like they're gonna be kind of waiting in the shadows, and and maybe you'll get sniped from far away and end the game. You know, uh, it's, it's gonna—it's an—it's an interesting concept, and I'm interested to see what they're gonna do with it. Obviously. Uh, speaking of games coming around in the future, the Dark Pictures Anthology House of Ashes has been confirmed for the PS5 and PS4 with story details being shown off in a new trailer on the Sony YouTube channel. Uh, Little Hope just came out, which is the second part of the Dark Pictures Anthology. It was, from what I saw of Shinobi Nando playing it, it was ten times better than, than the last game they did, honestly. Uh, but the initial story details are here. Uh, so it, they said it's going to be in Iraq, 2003. As the conflict draws to a close, CIA field operative Rachel King joins an elite military unit of on a raid of a suspected underground chemicals weapons facility in the shadow of the Zargos Mountains. Arriving at the coordinates, the unit is ambushed by a local patrol led by Sergeant Salim Othman. During the battle, an earthquake opens sinkholes in the ground, pitching both sides into the ruins of a buried Sumerian temple. In the darkness beneath the Arabian desert, something evil is awakened. Savage and unstoppable, a nest of ancient and unearthly creatures has a new prey to hunt. The announcement trailer also confirms that Ashley Tisdale of High School Musical fame will be taking part in the cast as well. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to play A Little Hope eventually. Um... Maybe I'll play it sooner than later, I guess. I don't know. Um, but uh, I, what I saw of it, it looked good. And um, it's on Xbox Game Pass. So I'll probably download it and play it. And it, it, I, I don't know. I was, I was going to wait till next year because of Halloween. But maybe I won't if the game is good enough. You know what I'm saying? Anyways, the Game Awards. You guys know that that's coming up. The Game Awards 2020 nominees are going to be announced next week. Uh, uh, Jeff Cayley on Twitter came out and said, The Game Awards nominees are coming next week. Join me next Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, for the live stream announcement of the nominees this year uh, the sh uh, at the thegameawards.com. And we'll see you live on December 10th for the official showing. Um, people are guessing the games that are going to be announced for Game of the Year, which will include Ghost of Tsushima, Last of Us Part 2, Half-Life Alex, Hades, Animal Crossing, New Horizons, and, 
Um, Cyberpunk 2077 it will not be eligible for the awards this year, and I'm actually thinking of doing that myself for the game if it does come out on December 10th, um, because it's going to be so big. I'm going to want to play it a lot more. Um, what what do I think is going to win game of the year? I think Half-Life Alex has a good chance of being the first VR game to win that. Um, uh, I also think that Last of Us Part Two could win it as well. Um, other games that came out recently, um, I mean... I, I maybe Assassin's Creed Valhalla will get a nod, um, and I don't. I can't think of anything else that came out this year that would be up there. Obviously, I I really personally enjoyed Man Eater, um, but I don't think that's going to be up there. Uh, maybe that'll be that'll be like at least given a a little push in the action category. Who knows? Uh, but I guess we'll wait and see. I don't want to you know fumble around too much just guessing. <laughs> Um, also, uh, this is, uh, some good news, uh, the game Pogs, or Fogs, I'm not sure how you say it, uh, it's gonna be, it, it officially got a release date and trailer, um, this is a game that I, that, this was actually the first game that we played at PAX, and, um, we got a free pin for following their Twitter and stuff like that, it was a really fun co-op game where you, it's, it's kind of like Cat Dog, except it's two dogs, <laughs> And each of you control one side of it. And you can, like, attach one side to a, a water spout and then make a hose and stuff like that. It was pretty fun. Um, so, so Fogs has been in development for quite a long time. It's been in my wish list for years. <laughs> like, it's been crazy. Um, but the game is going to be coming out on December 3rd of 2020. Uh, they haven't announced what the price is going to be yet, but it's coming to both Xbox, uh, I think it's coming to Switch, PlayStation, and PC in the near future here on December 3rd. Um, it's a fun co-op game, and it's kid-friendly, and uh, it's also got a lot of fun and interesting, um, like, uh, imagery in it. You know, it's like it's, it's got a really nice art style, it's, it's kind of goofy. Um, some of the characters are pretty weird, and uh, they have a lot of interesting ideas in this game. Um, when we played the demo at PAX, I mean, there was like three t completely different worlds that you went to, and like one was like a you know it was like a vegetable land. One of them was an arcade or like a bowling alley. Like it's just it was a giant like arcade bowling alley type thing. And then the last place you went to was like this nighttime dreamland or whatever. It was pretty cool. Um, so if you want to look out for that, December third, that comes out. All right, I gotta talk about Five Nights at Freddy's. Um, people who love Five Nights at Freddy's, guess what? You're getting a physical edition on the Switch. That's right. The Five Nights at Freddy's Core Collection is gonna come January 20. Uh, I'm sorry, January 12th of 2021, and it's gonna include the original Five Nights at Freddy's game, Five Nights at Freddy's 2, 3, 4, and Five Nights at Freddy's Sister Location. All the games are currently available individually on the eShop, but if you want, you can get guess what? All of them in one bundle. In addition, Maximum Games is also going to be releasing Five Nights at Freddy's Help Wanted in a physical form separately on December 15th, which previously launched on the Switch uh, and the PlayStation and stuff like that, Oculus and stuff like that, in May this year. Um, and it was originally released in VR formats uh, when it originally came out, uh, I think it was two years ago that came out, right? I'm not sure. I'm not a follower of Five Nights at Freddy's, FNAF as they call it. Um, if you're a fan of FNAF, uh, I wouldn't pay... I wouldn't pay I wouldn't pay $60 for a collection, obviously. I, I think that the, the the right price point for this is going to be a cool $25 because Five Nights at Freddy's 1 through 4 are like pennies. They're like they're like $2 each, right? I don't know about Sister Location, but 
Though, like at least the first game is like a dollar fifty on Steam. The second game is probably not much more. The third game is is probably about the same. I mean, I don't I don't see that if you're gonna if you're gonna get screwed if you buy this collection for more than thirty dollars. Honestly, if they're gonna really charge you for that, I mean, people will buy it. Obviously, I mean, people love Fighters and Freddy's. You still see the shirts all around, you know. Anyways, uh, speaking of collections, uh, this, the the Serious Sam collection is going to arrive on the Switch next week as well. Uh, or not as well. I don't remember when the... Did I say when the... I don't think they said when the Five Minutes of Freddy's... No, Five Minutes of Freddy's is coming in... Dis- well, anyways, Serious Sam collection is coming next week. The eShop listing has already come out. Um, so this is going to include Serious Sam HD, the first encounter, Serious Sam, the second encounter, and Serious Sam 3 BFE, as well as the Legend of the Beast and Jewel of the Nile expansions, which were part of the, I believe, the third game, right? Uh, Serious Sam Collection also launched on Google Stadia earlier this year uh, with a trailer that was uh, on the Stadia YouTube channel. This does not include the fourth game. That's going to be separate, and it's not on the Switch just yet. In a press release, they said, Experience one of the most explosive shooter game series of all time as you save the world from a merciless alien invasion. Visit the ruins of Egypt and roam through the vivid areas of South America, fighting seemingly never-ending hordes of enemies using an extremely destructive arsenal, including shotguns, heavy lasers, rocket launchers, and a huge cannon, and an, and an, and an iconic mini-gun. Tired of playing alone? Go to war against metal Mentals hordes with up to four players in local co-op, blasting your way through the campaign or a standalone survival mode. Finally, put your skills to the test against other players in classic multiplayer modes, including Deathmatch, Team Deathmatch, Capture Flag, and many, many more. So yeah, um, this this is definitely going to be worth it if you want to get into Serious Sam. Um, the games are all really good. The third game is still my favorite out of all of them, honestly. The fourth game isn't really holding a candle to it uh, with with everything that they kind of changed around with it. But yeah, you know, uh, not too bad. Um, I, I'm not going to pick it up myself because I've already played all the games. But, you know, <laughs> go for it. Go for it. Seriously, just go for it. Alright, in the world of games being remastered, Sam and Max is finally getting remastered. The original Sam and Max game called Save the World is finally getting a remaster. It's coming to current and next-gen um, consoles. The comic book crime-fighting duo Sam and Max are returning to the spotlight on the 2nd of December in Sam and Max Save the World Remastered. It's available to pre-order already right now for $20. European pre-orders are opening up on Wednesday. Skunk Skunk Ape Games, a small indie developer made up of former Telltale employees, acquired the rights for Sam and Max Season 1 after Telltale shut down in 2018, which is good news for everyone. Uh, the game is described by Skunk Ape as a product of its time with compressed graphics, sound, and technical limitations that don't quite hold up in 2020. Fortunately, the remaster overhauls the graphics, adds Joy-Con and touchscreen support, restores audio and five new tracks, and includes numerous additions and tweaks made possible by the evolution of developer tools. The game has English voice and subtitles in English, German, French, Spanish, Italian, Polish, Hungarian, Czech, and Russian. Um, so I remember playing this game when I was a kid. I didn't really understand it and I got frustrated with it, but I think if I go back to this with my current gamer brain, I would do a lot better with it because it's one of those games, it's a very early point and click game. Well, I mean, not very early, but it's an early point and click game where they didn't really tell you what to do. They kind of just gave you the game and said, go on, do it. And you kind of had to learn like what combines with what and stuff like that. And I I remember the one time I was playing a Sam and Max game uh, on the PS3. And I think it was, like, the third game. And you had to, like, combine, like, a bird with, like, a sock or something. And I was like, okay. 
<laughs> All right, I'm out. <laughs> but uh, the screenshots that they showed look good. Um, and Sam and Max games, they're they're full of charm and and they're they're funny. And it's it's essentially what Telltale used to be before they turned into the walking robots of type, you know, of of, of the industry. Um, obviously, Telltale is shut down now. But uh, you know, if if you want a true Telltale experience. You go back to this game, you go back to the original Back to the Future game, you go back to before they made the game so bizarrely easy <laughs> that you can just play them without even touching the controller at times. So, Sam and Max Save the World Remastered coming soon to a Switch near you. Uh, speaking of Switch news, uh, Crossplay is skipping the Nintendo Switch version of Mortal Kombat 11. It officially came out uh, from the official developers of the game. On November 17th, Crossplay will become cross-generation for PlayStation and Xbox players. Toggle the feature settings to play uh, casual matches with players on PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X, and uh, S, and Xbox One, as well as uh, designated online rooms, which includes... Uh, which will be which will not be available on the Switch or the PC. Over on the official sports uh, support page uh, for the game, there were people asking if crossplay will be available for the Switch, and they said no. The crossplay feature in Mortal Kombat 11 does not support PC, Nintendo Switch, or Stadia at this time. No real reason has been provided for why this is happening, but I'm guessing it's just because the game runs much differently on PC, Stadia, and Switch. But I guess they'll come out with with the official shit eventually. Uh, the new characters added to the game, remember, uh, Melina, Rain, and um, Rambo were added to the game recently, which, which um, bolsters the roster by another three. Uh, people are kind of disappointed that the Season 2 offerings of the, of the Battle Pack or Combat Pack uh, is a little bit less than the last one. Uh, much less, I guess I could say. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, the game has been out for over, you know, like, what, two years now? and Or a year now? Um, and they, they kind of were releasing those other characters one by one. And, I, I mean, you look back at, like, Mortal Kombat X and, and Injustice 2, and you just see how much more bombastic they were about the announcements. Whereas this one was like, okay, here's all three that you get. All right, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> all right um minecraft dungeons speaking of cross-platform damn that was a good segue that's good segue i mean sex way yes cross-platform will be available next week uh for minecraft dungeons if you're a player of minecraft dungeons mojang promised the games community that would add cross-platform multiplayer soon and now they officially came out on Twitter and said, Heroes, are you listening? Cross-platform play arrives on Nintendo 17th for Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, Windows, and Xbox One. It's almost time to join forces, whatever platform you play on. This update will also be followed by the Howling Peaks DLC and Season Pass in December. Uh, there will be ad adding some additional free content on the side called Apocalypse Plus, which will add 20 new difficulties, increase the character's power ceiling, and add new enchantments and items. Um, if you're excited for this, Congratulations, you're getting crossplay and more DLC. If you're if you're not a fan of this, moving on. Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity, they've detailed the amiibo functionality. Of course, there's a f one, two, three, four, five, six, seven amiibos for the official Legend of Zelda games. Um, so, uh, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity, what do the amiibos do? Um, so, they said amiibos can be used once a day to on the main menu to gain materials and even weapons. Destructoid further explained how the item delivery system allows you to scan up to five amiibos per day. Scanning a Twilight Princess Link, for example, uh, awarded Link in Hyrule Warrior 
with a low-level soldier's broadsword, while the Twilight Princess Zelda amiibo gave Zelda an ancient memory part. Uh, when trying out other amiibos, like the Dark Souls one, the awards included a bunch of different items. So you can technically, I guess, scan a bunch of different amiibo items uh, and get, like, some stuff for it. I'm not sure, though, because I've never really used amiibos. I used the uh, Mario Odyssey cereal box amiibo. <laughs> But uh, I've never used any other Amiibo. So uh, if you're an Amiibo people person and you get Age of Calamity, just try them all every day, five a day. Just try them all and see what you get. And maybe you'll find something interesting. And, you know, I don't know. I I guess people are saying that it's the same thing that happened in um, Breath of the Wild uh, where you just kind of got materials. Um, So people are saying, yep, this is kind of disappointing. Um, I guess there's nothing really, like specific that you get, I guess. I don't know. Anyways, the last thing for today, I just wanted to kind of touch on. There is a human-sized Metapod cocoon, uh, which has recently come out in, like, Japan. And essentially, it's just, like, a sleeping bag in the form of Metapod, which has, like, a, a chair inside of it, built inside of it. Because you know how Metapod's kind of leaning up, you know? he's He's got, like, the long body that has like a he's like sitting all the time every time um and essentially uh okay so um as part of bandakai's premium range the metapod cocoon is will definitely fit through the door before buying because he's a very big <laughs> a very big thing according to a very helpful product photos attached to the product listing the listing of activities you can enjoy with your new metapod at home appears to include having a to sit sit beside you while at work flopping on the floor as you last uh, while you last once your last ounce of happiness ebbs away and taking a good hard look at yourself in the mirror as you question your life choices very funny. Pre-orders for Metapod went live today for buyers in Japan, but appear to have already sold out. It's scheduled to start shipping in April of 2021, so you may get a chance to pick up one on a later date for about 35,000 yen, which is approximately $337 USD. So it's not cheap, but it's kind of cool, and if you're short enough, maybe it's kind of comfy. <laughs> I don't know. All these pictures that they show on this on this page is like someone being very depressed, laying on the floor, you getting into it, laying around not doing work <laughs> I don't, maybe it'd be kind of fun to watch tv in you know i don't know why this guy's looking into a mirror while laying into it it's kind of weird i guess that's that you know last last bit of hope in 2020 fuck i don't know i'm not good at making the jokes that's why they that's why they have people out there writing hardcore you know furry porn right am i right amanda that's right. All right. So uh, thank you for listening to this episode of Ferret 64. I am, of course, your host, Yemi the Ferret. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, I live stream at twitch.tv slash Yemi the Ferret. Uh, live stream Saturdays, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. Uh, this Saturday is going to be a special day because we're streaming Borderlands 2 with Player 2 and Wayne. So that's going to be kind of fun to kind of, you know, change the formula a little bit, do something a little bit different, right? We're trying to show that P- that we're trying to show P2 that Maya is the best Borderlands character, period. Um, so he's going to be playing as Maya. I think I'm going to be playing as Axton and uh, Wayne's going to be playing as Gage. So if you want to tune into that, that's going to start around 10 a.m. Eastern Time on my Twitch channel. If you want to follow me on Twitter, at YummyTheFerret. If you want to join the Discord, links are in the description of pretty much every social media I possibly ever have. And I think that's it for today. Thank you so much. I look forward to playing more games this week and getting you up to date on the more news next week. 
I'm Yumi the Ferret. This has been Ferret64. Thank you for listening on whatever platform you're listening on, and have a great rest of your day. Goodbye.